Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Roughing the Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Cody Krause, here with my co-host, Devin. Devin, how are we doing tonight? Good. Good. Excited to continue where we left off last week. Um, talk about some NFC draft recaps. What about you, Cody? How are you? We're doing great. Uh, can't wait for football. Man, just a couple oh. months away. Schedule release schedule release tomorrow. They've been releasing a few games here and there throughout this week. But the schedule release comes out tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Maybe getting a game on the calendar to go see one in person. We'll see what happens. See what the Bears schedule looks like. But I already uh, know I won't be doing that. That's what happens. I think the farthest west that Pittsburgh goes this year is Indianapolis. <laughs> That's what happens when you root for a team that's from Pennsylvania and you live in Colorado. Yeah, uh, it'll uh, it'll happen. It's all good though. But yes, all good. like you said, we are talking on some draft recaps and we are talking about the NFC. So with that, without further ado, we'll start with the NFC East. And um, how about them Dallas Cowboys? You know, the, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. One of the question marks, I feel like, on day one, one of those head-scratcher pits. Would you agree? Um, I feel like it was kind of like it was an – I'm trying to figure out how to word this as I'm talking. I don't want to say it was like a 50-50 head-scratcher because I don't think it was quite – like I think it's more of a solid pick than it was a head-scratcher. Um, Tyler Smith was one of those guys who was rumored, especially towards the latter half of the draft season to go in the first round, um, a great offensive tackle. He can immediately be put in there at right tackle for this Dallas Cowboys team. And I like him. I mean, a lot of people expected them to go with Tyler Linderbaum or Kenyon green or any of those guys. Kenyon green went at 13 to Houston. Um, so a lot of people did expect them to go with Linderbaum there at 20. Four, but I like where they went with Smith. Um, gives him a good right tackle, and after a few years, he could switch over to left tackle, no problem, and be a great left tackle. So you got yourself a good, good piece on that offensive line for a long time, and maybe you'll get back to your glory days of being one of the best O lines in the country. In the country, I feel yeah. like the country. But there, there are no international NFL teams, so best in the country. There are international NFL games, though. So what happens when he's not in the country? What happens? I don't think Dallas plays overseas this year. Oh, well. Anyways, they replaced replaced Lyle Collins for sure, which I think is a good move for them. Um, A a question mark pick for me, another one would be that uh, Ole Miss Sam Williams defensive end at 56 overall. Um. He has some off-the-field issues, and you would think that a team like Dallas, who has seen their fair share of off-the-field issues, especially on that defensive line, that they might have went a different direction. But um, definitely talent there. Hopefully he can get his off-the-field issues straightened out. Love the value with uh, Jalen Tolbert at 88. And I also think that Damon Clark, even though we know he's not going to play this year, um, I think Damon Clark in the fifth round – could be well worth the investment once he's back and healthy and on the field come next year. 
Yeah, absolutely. They were really, really focused on defense towards the latter half of this draft, which I like. I mean, linebacker and cornerback were pretty deep at the position in this draft class. I like the addition of Jalen Tolbert, like you said. James Washington comes in. He's on a one-year contract. We've kind of seen what he can be. Um, He played three, four years in Pittsburgh. I think it was four. So we kind of saw all that James Washington can be. I don't know that he takes an additional step just because he goes to a new team in Dallas. Um, You do have CeeDee Lamb. Michael Gallup uh, was re-signed to a deal. But I, I think Michael Gallup deserved the deal he got. Don't get me wrong there, but that contract that he signed makes it very easy for Dallas to get out whenever the heck they want. So if Michael Gallup doesn't come back from this injury the same way he did uh, or the same way he performed before injury, I don't know that they stay with him. And maybe they find that Jalen Tolbert is a suitable replacement for him. But I like it. He's got time to develop behind those two guys. Michael Gallup is coming off injury, so they might want to ease him back into it. So Tolbert might have a good route to playing time early on this season. But I like it. I like it there. What do you think of the next team that we're going to look at draft class in the New York Giants? I mean, it's hard to go wrong. I mean, I think consensus is they did a great job. And I mean, I feel like with this draft class and how it shaked out to those first seven picks, they really couldn't go wrong there. They got their edge rusher that they needed in Thibodeau. Um, we, I know we in our draft cast, we were surprised that they didn't take their pick of offensive tackle before at five and then get Thibodeau at seven. But uh, they end up with Evan Neal. Oh, man, quite the downfall um, for them not uh, at seven. Um, and then just continue to add pieces in need. Um, they get Darian Beavers and Micah McFadden later on filling the inside linebacker need that they have um Wandale Robinson out of Kentucky in the second round um that was that was the most interesting pick to me um he went ahead of a lot of guys that I think probably should have gone ahead of him George Pickens Sky Moore other people that I can't think of their names off the top of my head um so Wandale Robinson I think when Wandale Robinson was taken 43rd overall he kind of led to that domino effect of all of these other guys like George Pickens and Sky Moore falling to the teams where they are now on. But I like the pick of Wondell Robinson. I feel like when we get to our rookie draft discussion, you're going to feel the same way that you did picking Kadarius Tony, where you're just like, I really don't want to do this because, I mean, we've seen what the Giants do when they draft receivers but you kind of feel like you have to because he's probably the best option at that point in the draft. Yeah. And I mean, Galladay's that deep jump ball threat. Robinson's undersized. So we'll be interested to see if they can fit him as like a slot receiver into that offense. Because like you said, they had a hard time getting their new additions that wide receiver into that offense last year. Um, I'm not saying this with, I'm okay. I'm saying this was a slight degree of bias. I love the value of Dane Belton at one overall. <laughs> I mean, we had to talk about it, right? Oh, we, we had, had to. I mean, he played on one of the better defenses this last year in Iowa's defense. A great safety, has decent speed. He's not the fastest guy out there, but he's definitely not the slowest. He's got good hands. He can track the ball well through the air. And he's a playmaker. He'll go out there and hit you hard every single play. He gives it all. Dane Belton, great guy, great safety, and 
coming from the one and only University of Iowa. So we love him naturally. Naturally. And I think that just like shows to the diversity of this draft class for the Giants. I mean, you got Neil, who is a right tackle, but who can play guard or left tackle. They got uh, Izidu, who's a guard tackle, can do either. Um, Belton's kind of a hybrid. Um, I mean, I would say Jabril Peppers like in the way that he can play. Um, I like that love, comp. Love the just love the uh, versatility that they're adding to this team. They had a lot of needs that I feel like they addressed them. Um, love this draft for the Giants. Yeah, absolutely. Let's um, move on here to the Philadelphia Eagles, who had one of the better draft classes. What do you think overall of theirs? Man, uh, I mean, they only had five picks, but they also got A.J. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just crazy to me. Um, They trade with the Colts. They trade with the Saints um, to get future picks. Um, They get an absolute speed demon, a beast on that defensive line. Jordan Davis uh, can learn, come in right away and learn from Fletcher Cox and be that interior playmaker going forward for that team as Knox ages or Cox ages. Sorry. Um, I mean, it's hard not to talk about Nicobe Dean falling to them in the third round, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this was a guy who we figured would go in the first round. I mean, it was it was him or, oh my gosh, Devin Lloyd. Like, I don't understand how he fell this far. I don't know if there was something in his medical history report that only the teams get to see that freaked some teams out. But this guy is an incredible linebacker. He's got great intelligence. He's one of the more intelligent people in this draft class. So the fact that he fell to the third round as somebody who can lead a defense for many, many years to come is just incredible value on the part of the Eagles. I mean, then you got Antonio or AJ Brown out of this as well. Goodness gracious. So I am in love with the Philadelphia Eagles draft. I love it. They even got, um, Oh gosh, Jordan Davis. I am blanking on people's names tonight. I apologize people. I'll figure it out. Jordan Davis is an incredible talent. Usually they don't go as high as he did. I think he was, was it 13th overall? Correct, 13th overall. Right in front of the Ravens, um, who were rumored to grab him at 14. So him going 13 overall is kind of a bit of a shocker just because you don't usually see defensive tackles who are heavy rotating um, linemen go so early. But he's just an incredibly difficult person to stop from getting to your running back or putting pressure up the middle and forcing your quarterback outside. Great talent overall. Love the Eagles draft. Thought they did a great job and it further um, pushes my prediction that the Eagles will win the NFC East. I know Cody doesn't believe me on that, but you know, Cowboys screw have a it. schedule in football. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you go Davis for the Cox's heir apparent, Jurgens for uh, Jason Kelsey's heir apparent. You get Nicobe Dean as the steal in that third round. 
I don't know why they went linebacker again. Um, and uh, their tight end that they drafted, Grant Calcaterra, uh, he gave up on he gave up football because of concussions at one point. So we'll see if his heart's in it and that if that allows him to stay on the team. But add in AJ Brown to that Davis Jurgens Dean trio and excellent draft for the Eagles. Yeah, hundred percent, love it. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned their other linebacker pick with Kyron Johnson, and that's probably the most questionable one to me. Um, he's got, and I mean, he's a great athlete, but he's really, really undersized for his position. So he might move to like an off the ball linebacker position to where he can be used in packages and schemes and blitzes and stuff like that to kind of get that additional step on defenders because he just gets overpowered too frequently, um, as an edge rusher. So I, I like him as an off ball linebacker, probably a depth piece can come in in certain packages, but I don't think he's going to be a starter. Right out of the gate, for sure. Let's move on to the... Oh, also, I do want to throw in a tidbit about you saying the Cowboys have the easiest schedule in football. This entire division is 29, 30, 31, and 32. They're literally the bottom four in schedule difficulty when it comes to win percentage of teams they face this year. So they all have easy schedules. They're literally the bottom four in the league. But the Cowboys have the easiest. You're ridiculous. All right. What do you think of the commanders? Jahan Dotson uh, will be a great compliment to Terry McLaurin, I think. Dotson's quick. He's sure-handed. Uh, just adds a weapon to that offense to help Went succeed, I think. Yeah, I like their pick of Sam Howell in the fifth round. He's got great value there, too. He was kind of projected to be, I mean, possibly a late round two, mid round three draft pick. And he fell to 144th overall. And he's going to be able to get a couple years of development behind Carson Wentz. Granted, Carson Wentz is not necessarily the most capable quarterback in the league and not necessarily the person I would want developing another quarterback because he makes so many mistakes um, in his decision-making and he needs better ball handling. But look, you still like it because... Wentz does have the veteran leadership. He does have some success in the NFL. Um, yeah, I like Sam Howell there in round five. Granted, he might not ever actually see the field, but taking a shot at him in the fifth round of this draft is totally fine by me, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, I thought they did really well on day three with Sam Howell. They get Percy Butler. They needed to address the safety issue, and I feel like Percy Butler out of Louisiana was. Um, the best option for them at that point. Devin, question. They have Chase, Antonio, Cody, they have, answer. They have Antonio Gibson. They have J.D. McKissick. Where does Brian Robinson fit into this offense? I really think it's more of like a depth or insurance piece. Like if Antonio Gibson goes down, I don't think they want McKissick taking all of the work. So then they'll use a, a running back by committee with those two. Um, I think that's more of his role. He might see, I mean, he might see some special teams work as a returner. Maybe. Um, I think they really like McKissick or whoever the heck they have returning balls for them at that position, but you never know. Um, and maybe in some two running back sets, if Gibson still needs a breather or if McKissick needs a breather something like that, but I don't think he'll be in heavy rotation unless one of them gets injured. 
goal line, maybe. I feel like he has the most power of those guys we mentioned. So it's definitely possible. I mean, if they like what they see um, of him in rookie minicamp and then he comes out in preseason and he's actually just bull rushing people and getting through the line pretty easily, he could easily, I mean, he could really take over that goal line spot. Um, yeah, I could see that. I think it depends on what we see in preseason. For sure. Off topic, but we want to talk about depth at the running back position. The Dolphins signed Sony Michelle. What is that running back room right now? Tony Michelle, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed. Like, what do you even do with that? Uh, well, you see, that is what we call a Mike McDaniel backfield. That's all it is. Former 49er, I mean, that's literally how they live and breathe is with the biggest question mark at running back in the NFL. Now we've just got two teams that are doing that. That's all I have to say. I mean, it's obviously they're not keeping all of those running backs on their roster come season start because there's no freaking way that you can have that many running backs on a 53-man roster. Maybe I they're just trying to find whoever fits best in that offense. I think Ahmed might be the only one to go out of that group. I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of talent in that room. It really disappoints me to see Sony Michelle go there. I was oh, you wanted Chicago to take him. No, I just like it's like from a fantasy perspective. Oh, I got you. If he goes anywhere where he's not in the biggest running back by committee, I think I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm taking finding a spot to take him on my fantasy team, but I feel like it's hard to touch that running back room until you see how things shake out. That's the biggest waiver wire running room running back room I've ever seen. Right, like the 49ers have been. I mean, Elijah Mitchell right. became that guy last year. I mean, most people took him after week one. but um, you, will, you will not catch me drafting a Miami Dolphins running back this year. I'm not touching it because it's a waste of a draft pick in my mind. There are people who can give you at least some like degree of, hey, I'm going to get this many touches or I'm going to be used in this way than you will ever find in that running back room because there's it's literally just a question mark until like week three after we've seen two weeks of what they're doing yeah absolutely okay back to our topic here uh where are we going next evan we are going to head over to the nfc north and out of those four teams the one we're going to start with is cody's pride and joy the chicago bears how did we like it or did you just absolutely hate it and want to shut your TV off? So, um, I think I mentioned this on the draft podcast. I only got to watch the first round live. I was on a boat for much of this, the second two days. So I didn't see any of these picks live, but overall I thought that we addressed the areas of need. Um, we needed secondary help. Love Kyler Gordon. A lot of people had him with a first round grade. Uh, love him out of Washington there at 39. Would have liked to have seen a wide receiver there. There was a lot of them available. We end up settling for Velas Jones out of Tennessee at 71. So the wide receiver need, but we addressed uh, the offensive line need as well. Um, so overall, um, they addressed the primary needs in the secondary. Um, Gordon will start, I think, for sure. 
Brisker even has a chance to start in that safety out of Penn State. Um, Tariq Cohen, uh, we saw his kind of downfall. So um, I think Relish Jones could also kind of be a return option for them with Cohen not. Um, and then again, get some guys to help figure out that offensive line because Fields needs protection in order for him to develop and make the plays that we're counting on, or counting on him for. Yeah, I mean, this, the biggest need for this offense is still that offensive line. Um, but I, I actually like Vilas Jones here. I mean, I think it's going to help open up the offense a little bit. I mean, he excelled at Tennessee last year with that explosive offense. He had 800 yards and seven touchdowns. And he's also a great kick returner. I mean, he could easily just be plug and play as your guys' return man and then be a specialty player on offense. Maybe like a Cordero Patterson type role where he runs out wide and lines up as a receiver, or sometimes he comes in the back. Like maybe a Debo Samuel light, obviously not going to reach the height of Debo Samuel, but you never know. I mean, he could be a good specialty player on that offense, especially with Fields at the helm, could help him out. And I really like your guys' Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker in the second round. Those are two great people who could could have easily been first-round prospects. I mean, Brisker could have gone like 31, 32 to the Bengals or um, Detroit right there. So I, I like those two stacked picks in the second round to help out your guys' secondary. Yeah, I mean, I was a big fan of what Jakeem Grant brought the team last year, and I think Vilas Jones and then Tristan Ebner, the running back out of Baylor, is an electric kick returner too. So hopefully see those guys out making plays, um, bringing back that uh, return game that the Bears were known for for quite a long time with the dangerous man back there. Personally, I love, love it when the kickers get a little bit of a shout-out. Y'all got Trenton Gill from NC State, a punter with the 255th pick. Do you like Trenton Gill? Do you know who Trenton Gill is? I don't know who Trenton Gill is. Pat McDonald or Pat O'Donnell. I was about to say he was beloved by Bears fans, but I just butchered his name. It is Pat, Pat o O'Donnell. O'Donnell mm-hmm. um, left the team, so we need a new punter. So we'll see what Mr. Gill has to offer. There you go. There you have it. Your Bears fan reaction on roughing the podcast. Let's move on. We're going to go to Detroit next. Had a couple picks in the first round. What do you think of their draft overall? And what is your favorite pick? Um, is it cheating to say Aiden Hutchinson? No. I mean, it's kind of a cop-out, but I'll give it to you. I mean, okay. Is it cheating <laughs> from not saying Hutchinson? Is it cheating to say Jamison Williams? No. I, I'm. You could take Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs> <laughs> So you can take Jamison Williams? No, I wasn't uh, going to take Jamison Williams, uh, actually. I think I will take Jamison Williams. Dude is arguably the most talented receiver in this draft class. Obviously, his injury uh, in the national championship game uh, caused him probably not to be the first wide receiver taken. But, man, Jamison Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, DJ Chark, they're putting weapons around and – not to mention DeAndre Swift in that backfield, TJ Hawkinson. If only they didn't have Jared Goff. Yeah, I don't know that Jared Goff can lead a team to 
do a whole lot. Um, I mean, he did in L.A. kind of, but L.A. was kind of carried by their defense and their running game and not Jared Goff. We've seen Jared Goff slide down um, the production ladder here, and we don't really like to see that, but you never know. My favorite pick, though, is Kirby Joseph, the safety from Illinois. Great talent out of the Big Ten there. Stole him at round three, pick 97. He is a really, really good safety. He's super fast. He plays faster than his four time. Um, he's a great coverage safety. The only thing he really needs to work on is his trust. Like he doesn't really trust what he sees on the field to be what's happening. Not sure why that is. I don't know what happened. Like, I wonder if something happened in his career, at Illinois, that made him just start questioning his own decision-making ability. So once he gets better at that, he'll gain more like reactiveness. He'll be quicker to do that. And he'll, I mean, he'll just play with more confidence. So once he gets that, I think he's going to be a great safety for this team. Like him. Kirby Joseph from Illinois. Yeah, and I mean, definitely addresses a need. Pairs well with Jeff Okuda in that secondary. Um, Again, they might have gotten the best defensive player in this draft, and they might have gotten the best receiver in this draft. I don't know that receiver was a need. Edge rusher obviously was. But solid draft out of the Lions as they continue to build. Yeah, absolutely. I like their receiver room now. I'm on Ross St. Brown, who exploded last year, almost was like almost the actual number one receiver in the last like third of the season. Incredible last like six weeks from him. DJ Chark, who we've seen is a good wide receiver, but we need to see him be a true number one again. And Jamison Williams coming off that injury. We'll see if he can be productive there. Let's move on here. We are going to go to the Green Bay Packers next, who did have one of those question mark picks in the first round. Cody, what do you think of Quay Walker? Round one, pick 22 overall. I mean, the Packers got two guys off the best defense in college football. You can't really complain there. But with Nicobe Dean and Lloyd still on the board at 22, I thought that Quay Walker was a little bit of a question mark. Um, but with Zadarius Smith leaving, they needed to bolster that front seven. That's exactly what they did with Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt. Um, but again, I don't know how I feel if I'm Aaron Rodgers. I know Rodgers was on McAfee show live and knew that's what, that what they were going to do, but then they trade up. And I think get a lot of value out of Christian Watson early in the second round. Do give Rodgers that weapon. I'm seeing him already as saying as their number two receiver. So I think that's probably my top pick for them. Yeah, I like Christian Watson there. I mean, yeah, like you said, um, Rodgers was on Pat McAfee's podcast while watching it. And he said, hey, the top six receivers on their board were gone. They told me this beforehand. They weren't going to go receiver if those six guys weren't there. They weren't. So they wait and they get an excellent, excellent talent in Christian Watson in round two. Not to mention Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt from one of the actually the best defense in college football last year. I like their first three picks. I think Aaron Rodgers has to be happy with Watson. He's an incredible talent. I just don't know. I mean, it's him and it's him and Alan Lazard, really. I don't see a whole lot of production coming from Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, Sammy Watkins, Romeo Daubs. I don't even know how to pronounce some of their wide receivers' names. I don't know who these people are. 
Alan Lazard and Christian Watson are their top two receivers. They do have Robert Tunyon. Didn't have as great a year as people expected to last year, so hopefully he can bounce back from that. But I see this offense running through Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I think A.J. Dillon is a sneaky great pick in fantasy football drafts next year. This year. Yeah, I mean, it's tough with that. You never know who Rodgers is going to give the ball to, and he's probably going to spread it around uh, as far as getting those touchdowns. But I agree. Um, you said you didn't know who Romeo Dobbs is. He's a rookie wide receiver at Nevada, drafted number 132 overall. Well, there you have it. Uh, one, The second of three wide receivers drafted by them. So they did bring in some wide receivers in that receiver room. Rodgers is known for making something out of nothing at that receiver position. Uh, Brady-esque in that, in that mindset. Love Sean Ryan out of UCLA's versatility on that offensive line for them, too. So overall, a great draft where they addressed a lot of needs, I think. Uh, love what this NFC North is doing so far with what they have available to them. Yeah, and let's move on to another team that made some moves on draft night, draft weekend, the Minnesota Vikings, last team in the NFC North. Cody, what do you think? I mean, I think they got two first-round talents in Andrew Booth and Lewis Seen uh, in a secondary that desperately needed help. Um, their defense was a downfall of that team, and they brought in three guys on that secondary. They brought in a linebacker in Brian Asamoah out of Oklahoma. Um, a lot of trades to get that capital, and I think they used that capital effectively. Yeah, 100%. I like what they did to trade down. I like Lewis Seen there. I like Andrew Booth there. Great talents to to get at the back half of the first and early second. So I like both of those. And yeah, I mean, they definitely added to the thing that they needed most, which was defensive positions. Brian Asamoah out of Oklahoma, great round three pick. Um, very, very good at taking on blocks. He He's very, very quick when he plays. Not I mean, he plays faster than what his 40 time reflects in pads and everything like that. Um, great eyes, good decision maker. He should be a good linebacker for this team be able to develop a little bit. Yeah. Love, love the defensive additions that they made. And then they've also got just an incredible offense. I mean, Dylan Jefferson, KJ Osborne, Dalvin cook, Kirk cousins, their offense is going to be great better. I think they get Herb Smith jr. Back and he's going to be a great tight end. If he is at all, what we expected him to be last year before the awful injury took him out for the year. I still think I stand by my decision that the Vikings are going to win this division, though, especially with those improvements they made on the or defensive side of the ball. I would agree with that statement. I just told somebody that today. Actually, I think that that offense is going to explode this year even more than they already have. Uh, defense will have just enough improvements to sneak them past. Yeah, I mean, they don't have to play Devontae Adams anymore. They still got to play 12, though, and that's no... That's no easy feat. No, that is true. I I just like you, what this you, team has you done. This off. Talk, you don't hear me talk up Rogers that often. So just <laughs> take your praise while you can get it. <laughs> I don't think he listens, but hey, Aaron, if you do listen, thank you. We appreciate it. Leave a comment. NFC South time. Let's go to the Falcons. Cody, thoughts on the Falcons draft class? Well, we knew they were going to take a receiver. In round one, didn't know that it was going to be Drake London, but I think Excuse Drake you. London. 
I knew it was going to be Drake London. You knew it was going to be Drake London. I did. Uh, but I think he pairs really well with Kyle Pitts um, to help out Marcus Mariota in that passing game. Uh, I think that Arnold Ebiketti and D'Angelo Malone help a weak passing game for them also. And I think that Desmond Ritter uh, provides some young talent to learn under Mariota and also push Mariota a little bit. So I think there were some needs that were definitely addressed early on for the Falcons. Yeah, 100%. I could, I mean, if this team struggles, I could see Ritter taking over like halfway through the season. Couldn't, I mean, could you see a world where that happens? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I probably see, I probably think that's likely to happen. I'm not a big believer in the Marcus Mariota bandwagon. Yeah, I mean, as I mean, I don't think Arizona or Arizona. I don't think Atlanta is either taking Ritter in round three, but who knows? I mean, they gave him a two-year contract, so we shall see what that does. I do like the Drake London pick. I especially like the Drake London pick come next year after Calvin Ridley is back because they pair so well together. I mean, you got Ridley, who's a speed burner, can beat you on the outside, but also is just a great route runner and can do stuff in the red zone. Not to mention Kyle Pitts, who's a great red zone target. And then you got Drake London, who is the biggest red zone target of the three. Can go up and get the ball. He's got a big body. He can muscle around some cornerbacks. So I love that pick there. Um, yeah, this offense got a boost with Drake London. Um, and yeah, Arnold Abichetti in the second round. Great pick there. Um, really like what he can bring to this defense because they desperately needed a pass rush last year. And hopefully he can help it out a little bit. Yeah. Um, I will say not a big fan of day three for these guys. Um, Tyler Alger is talented running back out of BYU, but I think there were other needs they could have addressed, uh, namely like defensive tackle would have been good. Uh, Justin Schaefer, uh, he's a powerful, but his footwork is lacking. So some question marks there for me. And I don't really think you need a tight end when you have Kyle Pitts, but um, so I think they could have made better use of day three, uh, despite their successes the first couple of days. Yeah, absolutely. I am just overly, overly shocked with how Atlanta has treated their running back room. They just do not draft running backs. And I mean, how long has it been since they've actually had a productive running back in their backfield? I mean, Todd Gurley was okay for like the first half of the season he was with them. But I don't even remember who was before him. Didn't Devontae Freeman like lead the league? Yes. Devontae Freeman was the last running back to do actually a great job for Atlanta. And that was multiple, multiple years ago. And since then, they've just haven't had quite a good running back room. So I'm curious why. I mean, they're waiting until round five to add to it. When you have good day two running backs that are still on the board when you're picking. I don't know. Questionable to me, but overall, I like the Desmond Ritter pick. I like Arnold Abichetti, and I like Drake London. Those are probably my top three. Not in that order. Probably the exact reverse of that order. London, Abichetti, and then Ritter um, for my picks for Atlanta. With that, we move to Carolina, who lost a second and a fourth round pick in this draft to get Sam Darnold. Uh, that has yet to pay off. 
Yeah, I think they drafted Sam Darnold's replacement, Matt Corral, in round three. I think they were ecstatic when they saw that, like, all all, all of the quarterbacks, except for Kenny Pickett, made it to round three, and they went with Matt Corral at 94 overall. I like this pick. I think he fits with that offense. He's kind of Sam Darnold-esque, so I think he can take some good aspects of Darnold's game and apply it to his own. He gets time to develop behind Darnold while the Panthers figure things out. Granted, I don't think Matt Rule will be his head coach for the long term, maybe just this year, maybe a year or two. We shall see when that comes. I like that they passed on quarterback in round one at pick six because it would have been such a ginormous reach for any quarterback in this class. And they went with probably the best offensive tackle in this draft class, in my opinion. They bolster that line. They play the quarterback market well. Um, Yeah, make use of what little capital they have, I think, to potentially add some promise to that offense going forward. Also add a solid linebacker in Brandon Smith out of Penn State. One of my favorite picks for them. Yeah, I like Brandon Smith in round four there as well. They did add Cade Mays as well, round six, uh, guard out of Tennessee to kind of bolster up that offensive line. I think it's more of a depth piece, but who knows? Some of these young guys just play really well in the preseason and can find a spot on those offensive lines and then end up dominating. So you never know. You can find a diamond in the rough down there, especially at the offensive lineman position. Yeah, I like their top three, Ika McQuanu, Matt Corral, and Brandon Smith. They made do with what they had, um, only one pick in day one, and then they didn't get to pick until almost out of the top 100 at 94. But I, I like the first three, and then after that, it's kind of just, hey, we'll see if they develop right and if they can end up making the starting lineup here. So what do you think about the Saints? They burned a lot of draft capital to make the moves that they did this year. They did. I just think they really liked what they saw and the value that they could get with Trevor Penning and Chris Olave, and I like both of those picks. They're great picks. Um, Penning's a good offensive tackle. Um, out of Northern Iowa, round one, pick 19 overall. And then you got Chris Olave, who's just a great, great receiver and will be for this team. Jameis Winston gets a good target to go to. So I like it. I like it overall. Um, there are rumors that Jarvis Landry could still go to this team, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, which would make it Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, and Chris Olave. And that is a scary wide receiver room for Jameis and Winston to play with. Yes, Jameis and Winston. Uh, another solid pick for them was Taylor, which was a little bit of a reach in my opinion, but he has the size and athleticism at corner. Alante Taylor out of Tennessee to, I think, succeed. Uh, can learn a lot from Marshawn Lattimore. Um, a little surprised that they left the skill positions alone after, other than Olave. I mean, granted, they didn't have much capital, but uh, I mean, that wide receiver room behind Olave and the question mark that is Michael Thomas and the running back room behind Kamara, I feel like are pretty thin. I feel like they could have gone that route rather than defensive tackle and linebacker towards the end of the draft. Yeah, I mean, you could have taken a day three running back or even another day three wide receiver 
Um, those wide receivers are probably a little bit better than the running backs that were left there in day three. But I mean, this team only had five picks in the draft, one of the fewest of any team. And they definitely did really well in the first two picks that they made on day one. Elante Taylor, I do agree with you. It's definitely the most interesting. And in my opinion, probably one of the worst that they made. He's an older prospect. Um, so he's going to have less years in his prime for this team and less time to develop. So hopefully he could just hit the ground running and be productive from day one. Um, he does miss a lot of tackles. They do pop on film, which isn't that's not something you want associated with your name. It's probably why he um, was projected to be around three round four pick, but they did reach a little bit to take him in the top 50. Yeah. And with that, we'll move on to the Tampa Bay Bucks who did not, who traded down, did not have a pick day uh, one, but they had several in day two and day three. Um, a lot of needs replaced here. Um, Logan Hall is a quality talent for that first pick in the second round, but then they replaced Ali Marpet, who retired with Luke Gedke out of Central Michigan. Love that pick. They replaced Ronald Jones with a very similar running back, Rashad White out of Arizona State. They potentially replaced Gronk if Gronk doesn't come back with Cade Otten, who would have went day two had he been healthy. So some quality guys to replace the loss of some veterans there uh, in day two for the Bucks. Yeah, I'm a little bit interested with this whole Rashad White pick. I think they want him to be their new pass catching back, but they still have Giovanni Bernard on the roster. So maybe they're phasing Bernard out and they just drafted White to kind of replace him. I don't know. Leonard Fournette, they just signed to a new contract, so he'll be there for a year or two, maybe three. Um, depending on how he plays, injuries, everything like that, the team can always opt out of his contract. But I do like them trading out of the first round, gave them some extra capital, and I really like where they went in Logan Hall. I mean, they Devon, they didn't like Devontae Wyatt as much, and they saw an opportunity to trade back, and they were like, well, Logan Hall will still be there. So they went with him out of Houston. Great defensive lineman, can fill some gaps for you, help stop that running game with Vita Vea there. Love it. Those two are going to be a great tandem. Kate Otten, I like it. Um, Cameron Brait hasn't really developed into what everybody expected him to. Um, so I think Kate Otten could see the field a little bit quicker than one would think. But, yeah, I like I like the additions. They got Luke Godkey too, guard out of Central Michigan in round two as well. Helped bolster up that offensive line a little bit. I like their draft overall. And I will say my definite favorite pick from this team is Zion McCollum, who is a cornerback from Sam Houston State. Just absolute monster when it comes to defending wide receivers. Steal in round five, in my opinion. He could have easily gone in round three, maybe, maybe late round two. If I think that would be a little bit of a reach, but round three was like his sweet spot. He fell into day three all the way to round five, pick 157 overall. Great, great cornerback. There is a, a little bit of an issue with him tracking the ball, especially when it comes to deep balls. But if he corrects that, which is a teachable skill, he could be an incredible cornerback for this team. And I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Last but not least, we move out west. Yes, we do. Let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. Cody, your favorite pick from the Arizona Cardinals was? Hollywood Brown. That's a good pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he and 
Kyler Murray had a ton of chemistry in college. Um, look for them to rekindle that. He will have the opportunity to become a consistent playmaker with DeAndre Hopkins suspended. Another guy um, who will have to step up on that offense is Trey McBride. Super talented, gets to learn from Zach Ertz. Look, look for him to use a lot of two tight end sets with both of those guys, especially in the absence of Hopkins. Um, and then they lost Chandler Jones, so love the Cam Thomas uh, defensive end out of San Diego State and Majai Sanders, the edge rusher from Cincinnati, to help bolster that defensive front seven uh, to get after those quarterbacks in the rest of that division. Yeah, 100%. I love Majai, the pick there. Um, I mean, they went back-to-back in the trenches with Cam Thomas and Majai Sanders. Love them. Majai Sanders is incredibly fast off of the ball um he's got okay bend he needs to develop that a little bit more but his pass rushing moves are already super developed he's got a lot in his toolbox there he's a little bit on the skinny side but his speed to power ratio is so good and if he just adds a little bit more muscle on his frame he could be an incredible edge rusher in this league so i like the rookie tandem that they got on the edge in Majai sanders and cam thomas and like you said they did get Hollywood Brown from Baltimore for their first round pick. Great receiver. I think I think Hollywood Brown could be even better than what he was in Baltimore, especially given his rapport that he already has with Kyler Murray. Love that addition. I love the addition of Trey McBride. Let him develop behind a Ertz for a year or two and then come into his own as a pass catching tight end. Love his talent there. Best tight end in the draft class, a lot say. So yeah, overall, I like what Arizona did. I like the additions they made on offense as well as the additions they made on that defensive line. Let's move on here and let's go to the Los Angeles Rams who didn't have a pick until round three, pick 104, and had some thoughts on New England Patriots' first round pick. What do we think, Cody? Yeah, I mean, they're an interesting team because obviously they sold out to get the team that they did and it worked out because they... um, they won the Super Bowl. Um, they lost first and second round picks in that uh, in order to get Matthew Stafford and Von Miller. Um, one pick that I think is huge because they lost uh, Austin Corbett in free agency is the pick of Logan Bruss, the guard out of Wisconsin in the third round. I think they made great use of their first pick in the draft. Um and then I think that another replacement, uh, they lose Darius Williams. And so they draft Kobe Durant out of South Carolina State to take over as a slot corner. Um, so I think that they used what little capital they had to take guys who could potentially step up and contribute for them on their yeah. next run here. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, I love the Logan Bruss pick. He fits really, really well with their scheme that they run out there in L.A., and he's a great pick there. Uh, good value at 105, 104 as well. I think it was 105. Um, Logan Bruss, offensive lineman from Wisconsin, Big Ten boy. You know we're a little bit biased towards them. But, yeah, I like what the Rams did there. Got some secondary help as well, and then added some depth with Kyron Williams uh, running back at a Notre Dame there. Absolutely, absolutely. So the Super Bowl champs refueled. Um, 
what did the 49ers do to keep up? They went and they didn't have a first round pick, um, but they did grab Drake Jackson edge from USC, their first pick overall, which was round two, pick 61. I like this pick. I like um, his bend out there. He's got good off the ball abilities. Um, needs to add a little bit more tools um, in his repertoire there to use against these NFL offensive linemen. But I like his talent. He could develop into a good edge rusher there. I like the Ty Davis price pick. Um, interesting running back there in round three, but I like him out of LSU. Played for a great team. Obviously had some success at the college um, level, so we should see if it transfers. I don't think this bodes well for Elijah Mitchell. I think it takes some of his reps, especially given the 49ers track record when it comes to running backs in their offense. Yeah, I mean, you look at Davis Price and Danny Gray uh, out of SMU, the wide receiver. I mean, these guys just continue to add skill position players and throw them at the wall and see what sticks. And one might stick one season, but like you just said, Elijah Mitchell was that one that stuck last season along with Debo. He might not stick this season. So uh, they just continue to refuel that skill position by committee. Speaking of skill positions on offense, shout out to Brock Purdy, uh, Mr. Irrelevant. I know. Uh, I was, I was going to throw some shade at Iowa State, too. I was going to be like, hey, look at that. They have Mr. Irrelevant. I mean, I just remember him throwing a lot of interceptions to Hawkeyes when we saw him this year. And I saw a lot of graphics earlier in the year with him potentially being a starter on a team come five years from now. Don't know if I see him doing that out of the Mr. Irrelevant spot, especially behind Trey Lance and Jimmy G. Uh, but maybe, who knows, maybe that funky offense can find ways to work in his athleticism, but it seems like Trey Lance is their athleticism quarterback. So, I honestly think that they drafted Brock Purdy so he could be their holder on field goals because they don't want to put Jimmy G's face out there for that, and Trey Lance is going to be their starter. So they're like, hey, we need somebody to hold this ball for our kicker, and that's what they drafted Brock Purdy for. Good job for a cyclone. Yeah, 100%. Let's move on here. Let's go to the Seattle Seahawks, who had a decent draft. Cody, what do you think of their draft here um, in 2022? Yeah, I mean, I think they were licking their chops when Charles Cross fell to them at nine. They scared their court last quarterback off because they couldn't protect him. I think Charles Cross can immediately step in and do that. Um, they still have Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, but they go out and get Kenneth Walker who some thought was the best running back in this class, up there with Brees Hall. Uh, look for him to make plays. Edge rusher was another need. Um, and they get Boy Maffi out of Minnesota. Um, some quality talent there on the upper end of that draft. Surprised we don't see Bobby Wagner's replacement here. Yeah, it was a little bit interesting that they didn't use some of their early draft capital for a linebacker. Actually, they didn't use any draft capital for a linebacker. I mean, they got uh, Tyreek Smith out of OSU, the edge rusher. So I guess you could kind of say that, but I don't think he transitions to an off-the-ball um, backer there. But I do like their first three picks, and Charles Cross, excellent, excellent talent. Fell to the 1-9, which is incredible for this team because they really needed offensive line help. 
um, especially because Dwayne Brown still remains unsigned. I don't know that he comes back to the team. Boye Mafe, edge rusher out of Minnesota, could have been a late first-round pick. He fell to 40 overall, steal there. And then you got Kenneth Walker, who, like you said, a lot of people thought was the best running back in this class, and now he joins Rashad Penny and Chris Carson there in Seattle. And I think he could easily take over a good chunk chunk of reps from this running back room. I mean, Rashad Penny could be the starter. It depends. I don't think Chris Carson can really stay healthy. So if we see the Rashad Penny we saw late last year, maybe Kenneth Walker's a little bit slower to get his reps, but it's bound to happen this year that he gets a, a good, good size um, playing time for this team. Absolutely. So Devin, what are your thoughts on the NFC's drafts? Overall, I thought they were solid. I think the AFC is just, I mean, and this isn't biased in any way. I seriously believe this, that the AFC just had a better draft class. They had a better overall offseason than the NFC. And the Super Bowl champion will be from the AFC side of things for like the next three or four years. Firmly believe that. I agree with a lot of what you just said. I disagree with one piece. I think overall, even though you had like the Jets, obviously with their great draft, I think overall the better drafting came from the NFC side. You saw a lot of really good trades made um, and you saw a lot of needs immediately addressed. Uh, You saw some elite draft classes like with the Giants. Um, You saw moves like uh, the Cardinals getting Hollywood Brown, the Eagles getting A.J. Brown. I think draft night, draft weekend went really well for the NFC, but I do think the offseason overall uh, has gone to the AFC, and I do think that, I mean, that's where your powerhouses are going to come from. Um, I mean, I think Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady will have something to say about that. A Super Bowl champion statement, but I think it's going to be tough to compete with the Buffaloes, the Kansas Cities, the Chargers, the Bengals of the world the next few years. Um, and maybe we can throw your Steelers in there too once they get their quarterback situation figured out. But Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the AFC definitely had the better offseason overall. And with that, we will close out this episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave us comments, send us emails, roughthepod at Gmail, leave a review. We love five stars. We appreciate it. Um, we thank everybody who's listening. Um, we have a really good time with this. We hope you guys have a good time and enjoy listening to us ramble about things that we have no business talking about, especially me. Um, but yeah, we appreciate all of the support that you guys give. And next week we will be, um, I mean, we will release a podcast as well, but we are going to put up a YouTube video. We're going to do a rookie mock draft, um, probably three rounds. I want to say we'll probably do a 10 team draft. It might be 12, but yeah, we shall see how that goes. Cody, why don't you give us any tidbits that you may have and then close us out? Yeah. I mean, I'm a fantasy football nut. Really looking forward to fantasy season coming up here. I just did my first rookie draft here this last week. Um, look look for a lot of fantasy content out of us, YouTube videos. We'll do mocks. Uh, if we're both available, we'll hop on while we're drafting our actual leagues. We'll talk to you guys about it. Uh, give us give you our thoughts. So we have that to look forward to. And as always, I will leave you with some wisdom, some vitriol for your week. 
This one comes from Will Rogers. There are three kinds of men, the ones that learn by reading, the few who learn by observation. The rest just keep roughing the podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Absolutely. Goodbye.